We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the babe of Bethlehem. His grace, his mercy, his peace. Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks during the night hour. A single angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about the shepherds. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Before he says anything about, I bring you good news of great joy, he says, Be not afraid. Before he says, This news will be for all people who ever live on this earth, he says, Don't be afraid. Before he says, That baby will be born in the town of David. He said, do not be afraid. And before he makes the succinct comment, this baby will be the Savior. His name shall be Christ the Lord. Before he says any of those things, the first words out of the angel's mouth, do not be afraid. And then he explains why. A Savior is to be born. A Savior while you live on this earth. A Savior from four things. From fear and worry and shame and guilt. The four things that eat us alive. A Savior is to be born. And when we leave this earth, that Savior guarantees for us a place in heaven. Angel said to the shepherds, fear not. You look at the cover of your bulletin for today. You have a little speech that the angel Gabriel gave to Mary. Do you notice the first words that the angel spoke to the virgin Mary? The first words out of his mouth to Mary are, Fear not. Fear not. And then he goes on to explain, She shall give birth to a baby. And that baby's name shall be Jesus. Savior from our sins, Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. It is no irony that I want to speak this first Sunday of Advent on the theme, Delivered from Fear, Delivered from Fear. Psalm 34, 900 years before Jesus is born. Uh, David said, I sought the Lord God, the one who will send his son 900 years from now. I sought the Lord. He heard me. Why was he seeking God on that particular occasion? Why was he seeking? He said, I sought God. Was he seeking God for food? Was he seeking God for financial help? What was he seeking God for? I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Why was he seeking the Lord? Some fear that had crept up into his mind and heart. 
You look at the Psalms, you're overwhelmed by two things. Number one, you're overwhelmed by the number of times David says in 150 Psalms, I was so afraid. I was so afraid. And you'll be amazed at the 150 Psalms whenever he says, I was so afraid. There is never a Psalm where he does not end by saying, but God was with me. Blessed be the name of my Lord. I was so afraid. When the angel said to the shepherds, uh, don't be afraid. They're not talking about the next 15 minutes when they're in the presence of these glorified angels from heaven. They're talking about a lot of other things. Be not afraid, shepherds. Be not afraid a month from now when the wolves have run out of food and they're surrounding your sheep. Be not afraid. Be not afraid two years from now when one of your children becomes desperately ill. Be not afraid. Unto you is born a Savior. Don't be afraid three years from now when the Romans come and say, we're going to up your taxes or we're going to burn down your village and destroy your flocks. Be not afraid, shepherds, for unto you is born a Savior. Do not be afraid when illness comes upon you five or ten years from now and you wonder whether it is your time to die. Be not afraid ever, shepherds, for unto you is born this day a Savior from fear. His name shall be Christ the Lord. How many times, two or three times a year, do I say to you, Jesus died to defeat three things, sin. We understand that. To defeat death, we understand that. We do not understand what it means when it says, He defeated the power of the devil. Sin, death, and the power of the devil. The power of the devil is the antithesis of the nine ingredients of the fruit of the Spirit that we went through. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What are the four antithesis that Satan brings? Fear and worry and shame and guilt. When those are invading your life and they take their turns, do they not? When those are invading your life, it is Satan who has brought them. And when the Bible says he defeated sin, death, and the power of the devil, he defeated fear and worry and shame and guilt. There are two types of fear, real and imaginary. And I'll talk about both. Real and imaginary. Imaginary shouldn't exist. The real should exist, but God says that's not an option Real fears should exist, but God said, that's not an option for my children. Man's greatest enemy is fear. It was the first enemy to attack man. Adam and Eve in the garden. They sin, they break God's direct commandments. And later Adam hears God walking in the garden. What happens to Adam? He is terrified. For the first time, fear has entered the world. Why has it entered? Because sin has entered the world and it blocks us from the presence of God. Isaiah 59, 2. Adam experiences something he never experienced before. I'm afraid of God. And he hides himself 
And God asked a question he already know the answer to. He said, why are you hiding yourself, Adam? And Adam says, because I'm naked. And God says in so many words, baloney, you're not hiding yourself because you're naked. He says, did you eat of the fruit of the tree I told you not to eat from? That's why you're hiding yourself, Adam, because for the first time, fear has entered your life. And that fear is connected with sin. Is the first enemy to attack man. It's also the last enemy to attack man. The Apostle Paul on one occasion said, Death is our final enemy. It surprises you a little bit because the Apostle Paul also said, Philippians 1.21, I have an intense desire to depart and to be with my Lord. There's only one way he could depart and that is through death. But on one occasion, he said, death is our last enemy. Last funeral I did, Elaine Hageman, Jerry, was here last night. Elaine Hageman kept saying over and over again, I want to go to heaven, want to go to heaven, want to go to heaven. I can hardly wait. I'm not going to do chemo. I'm not going to do radiation. I want to go to heaven. She was not afraid of death. She's embracing it. Apostle Paul said, intense desire to depart and to be with my Lord. When we come to understand that death is the only way we're going to get to heaven, when we come to understand that Satan, 2 Samuel 14, verse 14, he's the one who brings death, not God. But as soon as Satan's brought death to the Christian, in the blink of an eye, we are upstairs in the place that God has prepared for us. I've told you many times throughout these years, our good man, Martin Luther, of all people. Come on, Martin. Martin said, I pray that my fear of death does not harm my faith. Come on, Martin. All the hymns he wrote about the mighty champion that we have. How many kinds of fear there are. Connie and I went downtown yesterday. Chris Kringle, Mark, I think that's about the 30th time we've done that. If you stand on a street corner and you listen to the people pass you by, you would be astonished at the number of fears that you heard people talking about as they walked past you. Fear for the body, fear of losing a loved one, fear of sickness, fear for the mind, fear of poverty, fear of losing a job, fear of criticism, fear of where the marriage is headed, fear of temptation, fear of the consequences of wrongdoing, Fear of failure, fear of loneliness, fear of old age, fear of the past, fear of something going on right now, fear of the future. When I'm at LA Fitness and I'm doing cardio and I'm there on that machine for 45 minutes and there are people standing around me, I listen to them. And I am struck not by the fact they talk about the blessings in their life. I am struck by the fact that they talk about the things in their life that are causing them great fear. And they fall into these categories that I have just mentioned. Fear, people. Fear. Fear. Since mankind is so plagued with fears, We ought not be surprised that the first thing the angel said to the shepherd was, Fear not. And the first thing the angel said to Mary was, Fear not. And the first thing God said to Adam, Why are you so afraid? 
We ought not be surprised that the Bible from first book to last book, covering all those years, 1,600 years, we should not be surprised that God addresses this matter of fear over and over and over and over again. As a child, there was probably never a day that mom or dad did not say to you, I love you. And you did not say to them, you know, stop saying that to me, man. You say that all the time. You don't say that, right? And when God says over and over and over and over again, fear not. You don't say to God, hey, enough already, all right? I got the message. You don't say that. Why? Because this morning you woke up with some fear. That's why. 90% of us woke up with some fear this morning. And we try to get those words out. This is the day that God has made. And that helps. That helps somewhat. But we understand these things. 365 times God says, fear not. He has a sense of humor. Or he is very wise. One for every day that we shall have in the course of a year. Fear not. Be not afraid. Be of good courage. Be of good cheer. Do not let your heart be troubled. Primary note throughout the book of Psalms. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. And then the very next day he's writing another psalm as the same theme. Dear David, many of the fears which assail a man are imaginary. I said two types of fear, real and imaginary, right? Let me talk about imaginary fears. My first fear that I ever remember, and it happened 60 years ago, and I remember it, and I still shudder. My dad would pile the five kids into the station wagon, and he would drive way, way out into the desert, Del Rio, Texas. Mama would get a break from the children. She had never come along. Dad would haul us out there, and he would work on a sermon while we rode our bikes. On this particular day... My brothers and sisters weren't with me. I don't remember why. Dad said, Paul, I got your bike in the station wagon. Let's head on out. And out we went. And when we were 10 miles out, way out there in the middle of the desert, cactus and sagebrush and horned toads and everything else, my dad got out of the car, got my bike. He walked one direction, studying his sermon, and I rode my bike like a fury in the other direction. Up one hill, down another, up a second hill, down another, up a third hill, down another. It was a time of my life. Out in the desert, riding my bike as fast as I possibly could. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in one second of time, I went from absolute joy to absolute fear, to absolute fear. I remember stopping my bike and looking all around And there was no car, and there was no dad, and there was nothing. Just desert and sky, nothing. I don't think I've ever felt so alone on this earth or so frightened. I stood there, and I turned my bike around, and I was so afraid that I looked at the road I had just ridden on, and I said, this is not the same road that I rode out on. This is a different road. How will I ever get back to the car? 
I started riding down that road, up a hill, stopped, looked around, saw nothing. Down the hill, up the second hill, stopped, looked around, saw nothing. And then uh, down that hill and up a third hill, and I looked. And I saw something in the distance. And this five-year-old, Paul Strand, looking out in the distance, seeing something, he thought it was a monster. He thought it was a monster. And I remember getting off the bike, and I remember being so afraid I could not stand. I, I squatted down, I knelt down because I could not stand. I couldn't move. The monster was walking in my direction. And as he got closer, I saw it wasn't a monster, it was a man. But it was not a man I recognized. Some stranger. There's no one else out here in this desert. Some stranger coming after me. He's going to get me. And I'm never going to see my mom and dad again or my brothers and sisters. The stranger walked closer. I still did not recognize him until he opened his mouth. And he said, Paul, it was my dad. He said, are you all right? You've been gone for a while. Are you all right? Imaginary fear. First panic attack I ever had. Imaginary fear. His name was Craig Fields, good friend of mine, father of farmer, Jasper, Minnesota. I would go out there often and help him with his chores. One day a man came driving up to that farm. He had a horse trailer inside that horse trailer. Beautiful black horse. Mr. Fields knew horses well. He asked the man to bring the horse out so he could look at him, and then he did something. He turned the horse to the side of the sun. And when he did that, all of a sudden the horse started biting and leaping and kicking. And Mr. Fields said, I can't pay very much for this horse. What's the matter with this horse? What are you trying to sell me? This horse can't be ridden. <laughs> and the man said, I've never seen him do this before. Mr. Field said, I'll give you this amount of money, you know. And, and the man took it and he quickly left. Mr. Fields, as soon as he left, he took the horse by the bridle and he turned his face directly into the sun. And when the horse was directly into the sun, he stopped kicking and biting. And Mr. Fields rode off into the meadows with him. What happens? The horse was biting and kicking at his shadow. He was afraid of his shadow. And when his face was turned to the sun, the shadow was gone. Imaginary fears. Doctors and surgeons and psychiatrists say that 90% of the illnesses that land us in the hospital are the mind telling the body something is wrong with you. You want to get me going? Okay, you want to get Paul Strand going? You tell him this morning as you leave, Pastor, are you all right? You don't look well, okay? Man, you can get me going. I just told you my weak point, okay? <laughs> Here's George. He's heading off to work, gets into the train. George, you look a little bit peaked today. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Secretary sees him in the elevator. You look really tired, man. Did you get it? Are you all right? 
And within half an hour, George is back home with a thermometer dangling out of his mouth. Psychosomatic. And if the fear is real, cancer is not imaginary, Alzheimer's is not imaginary, ALS is not imaginary, rheumatoid arthritis is not imaginary. If the fear is real, see Everett Koop, 30 years ago, Surgeon General of the United States, he said, so many people, when they are ill, they invite into the room with them a roommate. And that roommate is fear, see Everett Koop wrote. And that roommate dissipates all the energy that that body needs to heal itself. Fear is the number one enemy, he wrote, of those who desire their health to return. Fear is the number one enemy. And then he said something amazing, being a Christian as he was. He said, for those who have a faith in God, and for those who come to him in meditation and prayer, the road to recovery and healing is amazingly enhanced. Real fears, imaginary fears. One day Jesus is walking on the water. His disciples think he's a ghost. Come down, come up from Hades to take them down to their deaths. Jesus says to them three things. Number one, he says, do not be afraid. Secondly, he tells them why they shouldn't be afraid. It is I. Be not afraid. And then thirdly, he reminds them, do not be afraid. Three statements. Don't be afraid. It is I. Don't be afraid. When fear is necessary because it's not an imaginary shadow, God says fear is not an option here. I am with you in the midst of the storm. David understood it 900 years before Jesus is born. Did not he say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of cancer, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of temptation and some sin I committed, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of financial difficulty, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I shall fear no evil. God is with me. Earlier in that psalm, he says, God comes in, he sets a table before me in the presence of my very real enemies. He sets a table for me. He said, get away from me. Enemy, come sit at the table with me. Is your faith stronger than your fears? Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come to me, all you who have some fear that is plaguing your life. Come to me. Give me the fear. Give me the circumstances causing the fear. Walk away from it. And you will have my peace. Final word, Apostle Paul, Second Corinthians 12. Four years earlier, he had written, I give thanks to God in all things. Four years later, he had changed his mind. Four years later, he writes, 
I have asked God repeatedly to get rid of this affliction that is causing me fear. and is doing harm to my ministry and my life. I prayed for God to get rid of it. And God says, Paul, you're going to keep the storm. You're going to keep that circumstance, that affliction, that thorn in the flesh from Satan. You're going to keep it. Because when you are made weak because of that, then you're strong. My grace is sufficient for you. And Paul had a mind change. He changed a channel in his mind and he said, From now on, I will glorify in my weakness. Because when I am weak, then am I strong. What he was saying was, I will try like the Dickens to make sure that fear is not an option when this affliction comes. Because the trigger will not be fear. The trigger will be, God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. He's been with me five, ten, fifteen times before in my life that I can nail his name to that circumstance. And if he was with me then, he will be with me now. Dad, 60 years ago, Paul, are you all right? You went a long way away. And in a squeaky voice, I said, Dad, I'm fine. Shall we say the same to God? You guys, are you all right? I'm fine, Lord. Because unto me was born that day a Savior from fear and worry and shame and guilt and death itself. Unto me was born that day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Would you rise, please? Is that the number one theme in the Bible? I do believe so. Be not afraid, I am with thee. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Heavenly Father, may it be so for me and for those in this congregation and for all of your children on this earth. Deliver us from fear. May our faith always, always be stronger than our fear because the one in us is stronger than the one in the world. In our babe of Bethlehem's name, amen.